Hey guys, look, I know you're a sports fan just like I am. Whether you like MLB, MMA, golf, or anything else, why not get a little action on the game? My bookie is the place to bet. Their mobile site is easy to use and allows you to make bets from anywhere. No hassle, no waiting in line, no need to get off the couch. Now is the perfect time. Replenish your bank account after that vacation and to make sure you've got plenty of bankroll come football season. Maybe you want to drop a future bet on next year's NBA champion or to back your favorite player to win the Heisman Trophy. My bookie wants you to have as much fun as possible this summer. And what's more fun than winning money while watching sports? Just visit mybookie.ag today to get started, then try your luck at outsmarting the odd makers. But listen up, if you deposit with promo code CHAOS today, that's C-H-A-O-S, my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code CHAOS. At my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. Nathan here. Thank you for tuning in. And yes, last week I was not 100%. I was under the weather. Some people reached out and said, are you okay? You don't sound 100%. We're concerned. We want to make sure you're okay. I'm good now. I did have to fight through to get another episode out there, but here I am. I feel great. There's a lot of shit going around. And anytime you go to a birthday party, a kid's birthday party, ages eight and under, and you have all those kids running around, Lord only knows what's going to happen to you that next week with the flu, getting a cold, whatever the hell those kids were carrying, especially like your nieces and nephews when you walk in and they, hey, Uncle Nate, and they jump all over you. You're like, oh, God, you just want to take a bath and hand sanitizer. I feel like I always want to wear a hazmat suit walking in like you're going into Chernobyl. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, another kid party. So something hit me, and I said, you know what, screw that. And I got a little bunch of kids' germs stop me from putting an episode out there. But yeah, I did not feel 100% last week. But here we are, hanging out. I know it's only June, but when I hear that word rebuild, it's like nails going down a chalkboard. It's like, ah, shut it. We got to think of another word. Somebody told me that they would feel a lot better of how bad the Orioles are right now if they knew, if these kids were in single A, and they brought them up to the majors, and they said, all right, these kids are like 19 years old. They're they're normally an A-ball, but we're through a rebuild, so these guys aren't going to be good. <laughs> I think maybe at that point he was saying, I would understand and wouldn't care about it. But again, at the end of the day, these are major league baseball players. They're up here for a reason. They're getting paid this kind of money to play them in the majors because they should be good enough. And I get it. Look, in the majors... There's different levels of who's good and who's not. There's different players of who doesn't play every day and who does. But I kind of got his point. I'm like, yeah, it's a good point. You know, they're still major league team, major league players. We still want them to win. We still see they can win. Again, they still haven't won a series since April 22nd. They they couldn't take two out of three against Toronto at home. I mean, that's bad. We're at the threshold of hell. Ugh. Hey, look, we could the Orioles could have a winning record because 30 losses, 30 games a season. They lost by two runs or less. Think about that. Think if they won each of those games, right? (laughs) Even half. So with the Orioles being the worst team in baseball, are you rooting for the Nationals? You putting some National gear on and walking around, letting people know I'm rooting for a better team? The Nationals aren't doing that well either. I think they have a uh, losing record. I think 
At one point, they were 10 games under 500. Everyone's crying and yelling, and oh my God, the Nationals were supposed to be the best team in the National League like every year. But they might go on a run, whatever. But I give two shits right now because I don't feel bad about the Nationals or their fans because the Orioles are the worst team in baseball, and the Nationals actually may be able to make a run. Uh, David Ortiz, want to go over that here in just a second. Man, that's some fucked up shit what happened to him. A lot of rumors that came out, stupid asinine rumors people are talking about. Um, Before I ended the show last week, it was right before, and I always test you. Who are the people who tune in to the last minute? Because sometimes I throw some shit out there that I want you to think about and ponder and get in touch with me. But before I wrapped up last week's episode, I wanted to get your opinion on breaking up a no-hitter with bunting in the ninth inning uh, minor league team, Double A Hartford versus Trenton. It was a combined three-pitcher no-hitter, and one of the batters on Trenton bunted, got a base hit to break up the no-hitter. Both benches cleared. I'm wondering if you're like me, do you think that's some Bush League bullshit? Or are you like some of the people I talked to out there, hey, you're playing the game to win, so what? So I had a couple people uh, reach out to me about that I definitely want to get into. Uh, Before we get to both of those things, I know there's not too much positivity getting thrown around when talking about the Orioles, so why not bring up Trey Mancini, right? I mean, the guy's definitely going to be in the All-Star game. He deserves it. It's not like he's getting a pity vote. He's putting up some damn good numbers. He's batting above 300. He has the most hits against the American League. Eight of his home runs have come in the first inning. <laughs> so why would you even pitch to him? I think Gary Thorne got extremely excited. Trey hit a home run uh, Friday night against the Red Sox in the first inning, which was one of the only runs they got that game. So as the ball is leaving the park, Gary Thorne shouts out, Thou shalt not pitch to me in the first, or I will do great damage. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. Gary Thorne. Oh, I love him. Can't get enough of him. So Trey Mancini, I'm sure, will be in the All-Star game. Congratulations to him. I'm congratulating him now. I mean, who else is going to go in, for God's sakes? And I was going to go on and give the the bullpen pitching some props. I mean, in, in the month of June, 34 innings, only giving up two home runs. There's some other decent numbers I was going to go on and on about. But, boy, have they shit the bed lately. They shit the bet against Toronto. They shit the bet against Boston. They played Friday night losing 13-2. I mean, I'm going to give some props to Sean Armstrong. 169 ERA, one whip, striking out 18 across his 16 innings of work. Obviously, the Orioles got him claimed off waivers from Seattle after Mike Wright was DFA'd. (laughs) I don't know where Mike Wright is now. And when Armstrong's pitching against left-handers, they're batting 121, 4 for 33 this season. And earlier this season, he had an ERA of 14.23, so someone's working with him on the Orioles. If you saw the game uh, Friday night against the Red Sox, they lost 13-2. You got to see Luis Ortiz pitch. Three innings pitch, four hits, four in runs, five walks, two home runs. Then Dan Straley comes in, one inning, seven hits, seven earned runs, four home runs. Then Josh Rogers, four innings pitched, five hits. Hey, he didn't give up any home runs. Fantastic. 82 pitches, 51 strikes. I mean, that's what it is, all the pitchers. It's like 80 pitches, 40 strikes. 90 pitches, 45 strikes. 100 pitches, 50. It's always like 50-50 with balls and strikes. They've now given up 138 home runs in their 69 games. A pace of 324 home runs over a full season. And they're on pace to win 49 games right now. 
two better than last season. <laughs> so we're going in the right direction, right? Oh, it's brutal. So Cannon Yards better keep bringing in these deals. Anyone between the age of 3 and 33 get to eat and drink for free. And anyone above the age of 35, they just get in for free. I mean, you better start doing everything you can getting these asses in the seats. This is bad. This is brutal baseball. This is not fun. And it's a shame, and Lord only knows how long this is going to go on. But I'm going to get back to the Orioles. I do want to bring up David Ortiz. Again, I'm sure this isn't breaking news. I'm sure you're tuning into my podcast right now. This isn't the first you heard. But if it is, David Ortiz last week was at a uh, nightclub, Dial Bar and Lounge, sitting outside just enjoying himself. Unfortunately, someone came up to him, shot him, bullet went through his back, out his stomach. Also hit a guy, a television host, says Joel Lopez. Obviously, I don't know who he is, but the guy's okay. Leg injury, but... You know, obviously, David Ortiz in the hospital right now. And when he got shot, the rumors were so freaking stupid. So many channels, stations, Twitter wars. Everybody wants to be the first one to break the news. And it's always been that way. But there's so many, so many options to get your news. Websites, apps, you got your phone, iPad. I mean, it's just every day trying to be the first one to break the news. And I was hearing shit about... David Ortiz slept with some drug lord's wife and he, he owes a lot of money uh, to his bookie and he, he he slept with the wrong woman or they saw David Ortiz's wife go up to one of the drug kingpins. I mean, it was just getting out of hand. And NBC News was one of the articles, one of the first ones that I was reading. And they, because again, everybody wants to get the news out so fast, they had to put out a couple articles after the first one, and each one it was apologizing at the bottom of a fact that they were wrong about. And they had to say prior articles, such and such fact, we apologize, we were wrong, it was this. And again, it's just <laughs> trying to get news out so fast. So one of the first mistakes I saw, you know, I'm like, they're fucking morons. They were like, the hit was for $400,000. Well, it was 400,000 pesos, which is about $8,000. <laughs> again, trying to be so fast with the news. They just constantly have to keep putting out new articles and apologizing. Either way, uh, he was hanging out that night. A guy by the name of Rolfi Ferreira. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this correctly. I haven't really watched anything on TV about it. I've just been reading stuff, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing these names right. But they say also known as Ramon Martinez Perez. Guy's 25. He confessed to shooting Ortiz on Sunday. So he was arrested. And I guess back in 2017, he was arrested for armed robbery in Clifton, New Jersey. Hollow points. He got busted with that. And people are like, what are hollow points? If you don't know, hollow points basically cause more damage whatever they hit. They spread like an umbrella when they hit something. So they fuck you up if somebody shoots you with hollow points. So thank God David Ortiz did not get shot with a hollow point. So, you know, I'm reading about this. And I think there's like nine guys involved altogether. I think they got six of them. And, I mean, I would be paranoid, absolutely paranoid. Now, if this was true, what I mean by being paranoid, if there was an actual hit, because now something come, came out about that guy in jail, the media with the camera walked up to his jail cell, and he started saying that it was the wrong guy. He said, uh, where I had him quote, he goes, it's not David. He said he was confused. He said, they only told me the color of his clothes. So basically he's saying, you know, I was not hired to shoot David Ortiz. 
I call bullshit. I just think he realized he fucked up because over there, David Ortiz is like a god. So four of the men were arrested, and now the police, they're asking for Luis Alfredo, a.k.a. the surgeon, to turn himself in. When I read that, I'm like, the surgeon? Are you kidding me? Hell with that. They have guys with the nickname of surgeon coming after you. That's like Martin Scorsese shit right there. Again, if I was the person that I found out that they had the hit on, and I got guys with nicknames like the surgeon coming after me, oh, hell no. I'd be paranoid the rest of my life. And one of these guys believed to be the same man who who was wanted by Pennsylvania authorities on a charge of attempted homicide. So these guys are spread out everywhere doing some bad shit. And I'll tell you what, they're mugshots. Oh, my God, they're some scary motherfuckers. I mean, these guys are scarier than the people you see in the movies. Uh, I mean, I just hope these guys get caught. They get put away for a long time because these guys do not belong walking around the streets of wherever they are. But I, you know, prayers and thoughts out to David Ortiz and his family. Holy hell, what a scary situation. I'm sure we're going to hear more details. But the rumors that came out right away, I don't know, seemed a little asinine. Maybe he'll flip around and find out one of them was real. But again, thoughts and prayers, that's really scary. Hopefully David Ortiz is going to be okay. So far, all the tweets and articles that have been coming out in the past 24 hours, he seems like he's doing well. His wife even said, thank you for all your thoughts. He's doing better. So I'm glad to hear about that. So I'm sure next week we'll have more information. By the way, speaking of next week, Paul Valley from Utah Street Report is going to be calling in. Going to be having some company. Clean your shit up, folks. We have company. So I do want to move on to the debate, or it wasn't really a debate yet. It was last week as I wrapped up the episode, and I like to test you guys. I like to see the people who tune in to the last minute because sometimes right before I wrap up the episode, I say, hey, by the way, want to get your opinion on something? So here we go. A couple people did reach out, but last week, if you didn't hear, a couple weeks ago, there was a minor league game. It was the Trenton Thunder versus the Hartford Yard Goats. (laughs) Some of these minor league baseball teams have the greatest names, but there was a no-hitter going. It was a a three-pitcher combined no-hitter into the ninth, and one of the players on Trenton Thunder decided they were going to go ahead and bunt and break up the no-hitter and get a base hit. Now, some people I see in the discussion on, on in the Reddit and uh, the article and the conversations, it seems like it's 50-50. Some people say, hey, you play to win the game. Others say, no, that's an unwritten rule. That's one of the first unwritten rules that I'm aware of where you never bunt when there's a no-hitter going. You take it on the chin like a man, and you try to get on by swinging the bat. So I was curious if you were one of them. Were you one of them who feels it's still an unwritten rule? Or has that time passed? Because the game has changed. Things have passed. I consider myself an old school fan. You know, it took me a little bit before all these kids flipping the bats and celebrating strikeouts and home runs and pitchers doing backflips off the mound after they strike out the side. Again, I say I'm an old school fan because I sounded like a grumpy old man. Like, that's not baseball. Act like you've been there. Though, even though I consider myself an old school fan, I am now in the category of saying absolutely 100% there needs to be radar to confirm strikes and balls. Again, I've brought that up a million times on this podcast and hope to God that that gets here soon because it is getting more and more popular, even from people who call the games 
who are in their mid-60s who've been watching the game forever, and they even say, get the umpires away from calling balls and strikes. So anyway, wanted to get your opinion on where you're at with that. I had a couple people write in. So a gentleman by the name of Butch, I love that name. You know, when I hear the name Butch, I think of a guy smoking a cigar, drinking some whiskey, and he just likes to have a good time. So Butch wrote in. Now, in his email, he said he heard me mention last week about the no-hitter, which means he listened to the last minute of the episode. And he started to have this debate with a friend of his. So he brought it up, and I guess they were texting back and forth. And it sounds like Butch was on the side of saying, hey, that's an unwritten rule. That's Bush League bullshit. You don't do it. So he wanted to write in and, and uh, say, you know, when his friend responded back, he said he actually made a good point. So Butch copy and pasted the text and sends it to my email. Uh, so he wanted to share that with me. This is what his friend responded with. He says, if players feel that bunting during a no-hitter is dishonorable or cheap, then if it's so easy, why don't batters bunt for hits all the time? Well, maybe because it's not easy and, it, and is just as legitimate a hit as any line drive. This guy says, if a team can't defend against a bunt and the pitcher loses a no-no, then they didn't deserve the no-hitter anyway. Play to win the game. So there's another person saying, you play to win the game no matter what the situation is. Forget about no-hitter. So I guess, you know, I don't know if that's a new thing. Because, again, when I was raised up playing sports, you know, my dad, I had him on a few weeks ago. He used to play in the minors back in the 70s. I remember him teaching me, hey, if there's a no-hitter, don't bunt. You got to just swing away. So maybe times have changed, and that's one of them. So, yeah, I mean, the kid makes a good point. I say kid. I have no idea how old this person is. But, again, thanks for the email, Butch. Yeah, again, I'll agree with the guy. He makes a good point. And I'll tell you, some of the guys on the Orioles that try to bunt and and other teams that you see them, it's like, oh, my God. You almost think, is bunting really that difficult? Because there are a lot of batters in the majors who just can't bunt. Uh, Brian Roberts, Nick Markakis, I mean, those are the two that I can think of off the top of my head who are good at bunting. I I don't remember any other oil who uh, could bunt like them because now, oh my God, I've seen some pretty bad bunting skills in the game of baseball. So, you know, again, good point. You know, if, if it's so easy, why doesn't everyone do it? Everyone tries to hit a home run now. Everyone's got an uppercut swing. Nobody cares about strikeouts. Chris Davis even said it in the beginning of last season, I'll bunt against the shift. He still hasn't. If it's so easy, then everybody should do it, which the ones who do, the ones who are good at bunting in baseball seem like 95% of the time they get on base. But, but I don't know. I'm still stuck with no hitter, don't bunt. Because if I was pitching and someone did that to me in the ninth inning, the next batter, or if I see you again, you're getting a fastball in your ass. <laughs> Appreciate the email, Butch. I mean, your friend does make a good point. Maybe times have just changed. You know, I got I to gotta change with the times. It's like Bumgarner. The other day, he was playing the, uh, the Dodgers. I think it was Muncie who hit about a 500-foot bomb in San Francisco, way into the water, where everybody's, like, canoeing. <laughs> They're all just floating out there waiting for a baseball. Again, I just don't get it. I don't understand what it is why people need a baseball but after uh Muncie hit a home run I mean he really didn't even flip the bat he 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 didn't really do anything show he just he did stand there for a second and if I hit a ball that hard I probably would have stood there for for about <laughs> a couple seconds watching that ball go that far but of course Bumgardner being the ass face he is I really don't like him his he's got such a piss poor attitude 
he starts shouting back at him. And then after the uh, even after the game, some of the reporters are like, what was that about? One of the reporters, again, I don't know reporters out in San Francisco, but one said, I, I, I didn't see him do anything. Why were you yelling? And Bumgarner says, well, he was staring at the ball too long. Bumgarner's a, a good old boy, older guy, old school player. And which is kind of ironic because Bumgarner, he's hit home runs before and he stares at the ball. So shut the fuck up, Bumgarner. He's just a grumpy old dude. But one of his lines was, I guess I'm just going to have to let the kids play these days. And that's what it is. Times have changed. Maybe that unwritten rule is done. And that's what I'm going to go over here in just a second. I looked up uh, unwritten rules. I went to a couple websites, even went on Reddit, see the conversations just to see whether or not the unwritten rules have changed. And all the websites, all the conversations I saw, it seems like there's still uh, the same unwritten rules as I knew about 10, 15 years ago, though, which is ironic, is don't bunt on a no-hitter. That had the most comments and the most debate. So maybe that's one of the things that the times that are changing. Uh, I did get a tweet from Sam. He says, I'm 55 years old and have always grown up playing baseball, being told do not bunt during a no-hitter after the eighth inning. Appreciate it, Sam. So, I get look, 55 years old, been watching the game for a long time, I'm sure. He's one of those old school fans. No hitter, you don't bunt. Times are a-changing, and I got to change with the times. So, here are some of the unwritten rules that I found. Uh, one of the websites, uh, I think it was, what was it called? It just, I've looked at this, uh, sportscasting.com. They always have good articles, good stats, good blogs about players. So, one, it was like uh, the top unwritten rules. I don't know if they're going the most popular or how they did it, how they broke it down. But one of the first ones was don't automatically swing at the first pitch. That was like the top unwritten rule, which uh, that, that's not a thing now, right? I mean, some players say the first pitch could be the best and only pitch that you're going to be able to hit. I remember SB Nation last year stated the first pitch. I was reading an article about that. 55% of the time was a ball. So, I, you know, I, I guess still the first pitch, the percentage of it being a strike is not good because <laughs> it's 45% of the time it's a strike. But, again, you see people hacking away all the time. Look at Trey Mancini in the first inning. Guy's hacking away. So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Adam Jones, everyone used to ask him, why do you swing at the first pitch? You know, the, the guy just walked two guys. He says normally that's going to be the only pitch you're going to see to hit. Uh, the other unwritten rule, don't steal bases when you have a lead. I don't know. I think that's changed. You know, you're up by five. You never know these days. I mean, balls are flying out of the park like it's nothing. So why why would you why would you stop stealing bases? I get you're up by 14 runs in the eighth inning. You got a guy on first and no outs. I mean, come on, you know, they got a position player pitching. Yeah, I mean, come on. That, at that point, that's just called respect. <laughs> That'd be fucked up. Uh, right under that, it says, don't steal bases when you're too far behind. Again, that doesn't make sense to me. You're trying to catch up. Whether you're down by 5 or 15, steal a base. Balls are flying out of the park like you're playing wiffle ball in the backyard these days, hitting a couple grand slams in one inning. There you go, back in the game. Uh, stay in the dugout after being pulled from a game. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't think that's changed. If you're a pitcher that sucked ass and then you get taken out, you don't walk back down in the uh, clubhouse and cry yourself to sleep. You stand in there. You cheer your team on. You stay put. You let the camera. <laughs> it seems like every pitcher that has a bad day and they go in the dugout, the camera just sits on them. 
for like three or four innings at a time, just seeing how sad they are. They probably know it too. They're like, man, here's the moment where I got to sit in the dugout and the camera's going to be on me the entire time talking about what a bad day I had. Uh, what else was there? Uh, don't talk about a no-hitter during a no-hitter, of course. I mean, again, that, I don't think that's going to be one of those rules where, you know, the game has changed. I mean, it's, that's going to probably, probably be a forever unwritten rule. You got a pitcher that's pitching a no-hitter. I'm sure you've seen him. They sit on the other side of the bench. All the other players go on the other side. Just leave him alone. None of the managers, nobody's talking to him. He doesn't need to be talked to. He's doing what you should be doing. So, yeah, I uh, I remember playing Little League, and I was a pitcher growing up. I wanted to be like my daddy because he pitched. I think at the age of, I think when I was just a teenager, I fell in love with lacrosse. I think I've talked about that before. But I, anyway, I was a good pitcher. I was pitching a no-hitter. It was like the fifth inning. <laughs> and a couple of the kids came up to me started talking to me about, you know, hey, you're pitching a no-hitter. And I remember my coach at the time, I can't remember his name, he yanked him up. I think one of them was his kid. Yanked him up like by the earlobe and pulled him. Dragged him over like 10 feet and just was like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> it's, it's freaking Little League baseball. But I I was, I think I was about 10 years old. And I remember my, I was asking my dad about that. And he says, yeah, unwritten rule in baseball. No hitter, don't talk to the pitcher. And then uh, here we go. We came across this unwritten rule. Uh, never bunt to break up a no hitter. And this article was from this year. And there's no comments on this article, so I didn't see any debates on that. But if you go to Reddit, some interesting conversations back and forth. But I will say some of the uh, people that I was, I was seeing online uh, argue back and forth with whoever it is, or they could be talking to some eight-year-old kid on Reddit. But one of the debates was the pitcher is very tired and his legs are weak. So that's why you don't bunt because you know the pitcher is very tired pitching the, the whole game. And out of respect, you don't bunt. So that's what the guy was trying to explain. I don't know if that's the reason. I just know that it's an unwritten rule. Now, here's an unwritten rule I, I, I may have just completely forgotten about. Uh, never walk in front of the catcher when you're walking into the batter's box. Always just walk behind. If you're a right-hander and you're sitting over on the left side and you walk up to the batter's box, you walk around them. So, I'm sure you've seen that with the players walking around, not walking in front. I don't know if that's a superstitious thing or that's a uh, thing out of respect. All right, what else do we got? Uh, don't show up your teammates. So basically they're saying, you know, if they drop a, a catch, an easy catch, you don't point at them and bitch and complain. I mean, pitchers do it all the time. They just don't point at them. They scream in their glove. I've seen Cashner do that a couple times. I remember Cashner uh, a few weeks ago, Austin wins, which I'm pretty sure we're never going to see him again unless there's injuries and we have to bring him up. But Cashner was fucking pissed. And Cashner waved out Austin wins to get out here. And I forget what he was yelling at him about. But Cashner, he he doesn't like seeing his fielders give up errors. But that was just one time where he was like, you know what? Fuck this unwritten rule. I got to let Austin Wins know that he is playing like shit. Uh, The next one, don't over-celebrate on a strikeout. Yeah, I think Chris Archer and uh, Stroman from the Blue Jays couldn't give two shits about that rule. Chris Archer is one of the guys that did a backflip off the mound after striking out somebody. That guy, he was always celebrating and, and Stroman the same way. So, again, got to uh, change with the times here. Uh, here's another one. Uh, don't over-celebrate a home run. Now, obviously, 
people are flipping bats and doing all sorts of shit. Got to change with the times here, Nate. But Ken Griffey, back in the day, had the most smooth home run swing I've ever seen. And some people back in that day, what was that, almost 20 years ago, saying he's showboating. But no, he had the most smooth home run swing ever. I mean, when the ball jumped off that bat, I don't know. He just had that real smooth, just put the bat down, maybe watch it for a second or two, and just slowly trot to first. Now, somebody, because everybody's talking about how these young kids are, are flipping the bat and everyone's like, oh, this is disrespectful. Somebody posted on Twitter, and I'm mad. I was trying to go back and find it, and I couldn't remember who posted it. The guy or the girl, whoever it was, the person posted a five-minute video from like back in the 70s all the way up to the 90s of showing that players did flip the bat after a home run. Maybe, you know, again, there's not social media back then, so maybe, you know, you talked about it with your friends and people in your living room, and that was it. You moved on to your next day. Now, you know, everything, every second of the day, anything, anything that happens, you're going to know right off the bat. But he was like, people were doing this back in the 70s, flipping the bat. Uh, what's the last one here? Don't rub the mark where you are beaned. Yeah, I hated that rule. I ha- <clears throat> I hated this rule. I hated this unwritten rule because when I was a kid, even playing ball at nine, we knew about that unwritten rule. You don't rub where you got hit with the baseball. And I would get hit all the time because I'd crowd the plate. And, oh, that was painful. My eyes would be watering standing on first base. Oh, I wanted to rub the pain out so bad, but you couldn't. Because even at that age, you knew it was an unwritten rule and you didn't want to look like a pansy playing Little League Baseball with your friends. I used to hate that rule. <laughs> Get smacked right in the side of the leg. I'd be like, ah! I'd be limping. My dad would be like, you okay? You need to come out? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> so again, I'd like to still hear from you guys. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. You know, what are some of these unwritten rules that you think are just out the window? You know, the game has changed. It's just not like that anymore. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, any way you want to reach out to me. Fullcountchaos.com. Oh, man, excuse me. Head over there and subscribe. Love to hear from you guys. Till next time. See you.